thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the legend himself, co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hi, Damo. Hello, Marcus. Lovely. Thank you for that excellent introduction. I'm... I, I was thinking, what's he going to do today? Because it's, it's generic today because we've got it had, a very it could only be message, generic, which I'd like to introduce in a moment. But I must say, Damo, oh, we yes. have got one of the most special guests I think we'll ever have on the ever. podcast. Yep, I agree. Um, just over 70 years ago, Eddie Jaku walked out of Auschwitz after nearly 10 years on the run from the Nazis. This inspiring individual was one of the lucky ones. Nearly 6 million Jews died during the Holocaust, and Eddie, in 1950, moved to Australia shortly after the war to start a new life. Mm. Eddie today is almost 95. He lives an incredibly rich and meaningful life today in Sydney, where he volunteers at the Jewish Museum Mm. and ensures the memories and legacy of the Holocaust story will continue on for generations to come. Eddie Jaku, it's a very humbling and warm welcome to you on 100 Not Out. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, wonderful <clears throat> to be able to speak to your audience because uh, as many people as we can make aware of what happened uh, would be better for the world, for all the world together. Uh, we, are all, we are all humans and uh, we all have, I believe, everyone is made half good and half bad. Yes. And we have made, must make sure that the bad don't take over. That's there it. are plenty of fanatics in the human race. The fanatics are no good for a democratic society. And That's a great point. I'm, doing, I'm, not doing, I'm not speaking for, on my behalf. I speak for the, as you just mentioned, six million or many more millions have been killed because of their idea, of their religion, of mm. their look, or mm. their color. Mm. And this must be uh, eliminated. We have to strive to make this world a better place for everyone. That's and true. It is, it is easy. As I said to your friend, in French we say, l'union fait la force. Together we are strong. Alone we are nothing. I am a very happy man. I sing in the morning because I'm happy to be alive. <laughs> because Auschwitz is a camp where every day can be your last day. I have been in several camps, as you know, through my story, but Auschwitz is the real, the, the bottom of the hell. I never thought that I will have one day a wife and children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Mm. And even that I cry sometimes because I lost a very large, beautiful family, mm. many uncles, my children never had grandparents, cousins, and all this. And I asked myself, why? But I can't change it. So there is two ways. When I came out of Auschwitz, when I escaped, and I lived for two and a half months in a cave in Germany, in the, in the forest, and eating snails and slugs was my food. I realized that if I stay alive, 
I have to forget about. For 30 years, I didn't speak to no one, not to my family, no one. And then suddenly, the Holocaust survival in Sydney, we came together in 1982. We established a little association, the Holocaust, Australian Holocaust survivors, and we started talking. Because this is a story. This is no story. This is my life. And I don't know, and I will never have this question answered. Why? I teach thousands and thousands of children. Never do to anyone what you don't want to have done to you. But I can tell you, school children, their lessons don't start at school. It starts at home. I have to get all the parents and all the others of this country together to help me and help them to make this world and this country free of fanatics. Fanatics are no good in a democratic society. Even if you don't agree with me, you are still my friend. You are a human. We are humans. Because in Europe, in France, a critic is a service, not an offense, like in Australia sometimes. When I show you something to do better, you have to be grateful because I like you that I criticize you. Otherwise, I would walk away and do nothing. And this is what I want to teach. Maybe I'm successful because you mentioned I'm 95. So we don't know how much time I still have left. I hope a few years and I will. I have a wonderful family. I was probably the hardest father you can imagine. My two sons got plenty smacks, but they love me because I never punish them without a reason. You must be very careful. Also, I want to teach the world that sometimes it's better not to answer, especially the children today have lost respect and patience. The world was not created in one day. It takes a long time. And they have to be grateful when the parents pay them to go to high school. They sacrifice a lot of things for their children, but not always today with the upbringing of modern society do they get the reward. Some children, yes. Some children, no. I said that yesterday I had a big school in the museum, and I said to the children, with whom you fight, with whom you argue, with the people who love you more than you ever will think. And I said, your greatest asset you will ever own is your parents. Eddie, can I ask you a question? I'm sorry. Yes, please. Um, I'd like to ask you a question. This is something that I find remarkable. You've said that you've been quoted as saying that there is no revenge. Staying alive is the revenge. If you don't agree with someone, don't argue. Um, people don't have to fight. That is for animals, for they can't speak. But even if you don't agree with me, you are still my friend. And you said that it took about 30 years for you to begin talking about the Holocaust. But how long did it take you and how do you think you got to this, uh, I suppose, philosophy where you can talk about your experience with such grace? Yeah, yeah. because you see, <clears throat> things like this is not very pleasant. And you don't know... Even your own child can misinterpret because some people say, why didn't you resist? There are some people, why did you walk into the gas chamber? Who knew that what the gas chamber is? Who do you know when you walk in what is happening to you? It looks like a shower. 
a big shower so everybody gets washed or disinfected. What do you know? So there is no, I, why I'm saying there is no revenge. If you kill somebody of my family and I kill one of your family, what did that make me better? You are a murderer and I'm a murderer. There is laws and the laws we cannot take in our, our hands. This is the difference between animals and humans. You see? And, and why I wanted, why I waited 30 years is also that I didn't want my children to feel anything from the horror that was going uh, afflicted to me. And it's not fair to bring children up and show them what can happen and then bad people. I want to show them that all the world is good. And when they're adults, they can learn. So did your children know that you were a Holocaust survivor growing up? Or like how, how, was it, how was it brought up in the family dynamic? Yes. Well, I can tell you that I can never speak to my children by themselves because when I look in the face of my older son, Michael, I see my father. And then I get very sad and I can't talk anymore because wow. my father died in a gas chamber only age 49. My mom, 43. And this is an, an enormous, even now, after so many years, I say, why did that happen to them? At least would they shoot them, they'd be dead in 30 seconds or one minute. They had to suffocate at 20 minutes before they were dead. Why? Mm. Who, who, as a country like Germany, which is a society of Goethe and Schiller, of Beethoven and Mozart, how people can become such terrorists, such bastards, excuse me. I don't understand. I don't understand what a man who kills children, uh, knocking their head on the wall, and then go home and sit opposite his wife and his own children. Doesn't he feel anything? Isn't there no, isn't that that humans feel something? We are with flesh and blood. Why? Eddie, one of the um, Eddie, one of the, this is Damien here. One of the um, most amazing things, and both Marcus and I read your story with with keen interest. And um, and I live in an area. I live just near Caulfield in uh, in Melbourne. So I'm touched by very many Jewish people. A lot of my friends are Jewish. And one of the more incredible things um, that I've observed, uh, in particular with your story, is your ability to have um, absolute resolve that the world can be a better place, which. We all agree, and we all and we all love that um, that viewpoint. And when I look at the photos of you, Eddie, you still look so young. You still look so vital, and your voice doesn't <laughs> sound old. And and I'd like to know. I would like to know how how do you maintain your youth um, so that you can continue to you know talk and and teach people your message. How how do you maintain your okay. your, your youthfulness? I tell you. First of all, I can't change. As I said before, I can't change. What happened has happened. It will not make me... If my revenge is I'm not getting sick because thinking of this. There are many Holocaust survivors. They're still in the camp. They've never been liberated. They mm -hmm. continue the nightmare. They have yeah. children. They yeah. don't know why we have children. Yeah. They don't give to the children what they deserve. They shouldn't have children and things like that. And they're going to die. They speak about to the children, why don't you eat this? I didn't get that in Auschwitz. That's wrong. 
Auschwitz is gone. I want you to bring to you the knowledge what can happen if people don't care. You see, I have now tried to find out what happened. I speak to German. I give German schools a tour in the museum in German. I give French and the French children in French. <clears throat> and I found out the Germans are fanatics of discipline. They don't question an order. They say zu befehl means to your order. And they do what they're told. And also discipline too far. If you come with dirty shoes in Germany in school, you get, you used to get two canes. If a button was missing off your uniform, three canes. And this is too far. This is what I like in France. A Frenchman gets the order to shoot me. He looks at me and he asks his commander, what has he done? If the commander hasn't got a good answer, the Frenchman will put down his gun, tells his commander, you shoot yourself. This would never happen in Germany. Mm. I swear to you. Eddie, and can I ask? Can I? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I just, I just want to ask you, I had a beautiful conversation um, with your gorgeous wife yesterday, and we really <laughs> did, we, we spoke for about half an hour, and she shared with me some amazing stories. And one of them in particular, and I feel like this must be a really big part of, of your life purpose, is that she told Definitely. me of a, of a German woman who came into the Jewish Museum and revealed to you that she was the granddaughter of an SS guard. And, um, yes, she was. She'd never been explained. And, She'd you never, know, never spoken to her about it, and, and you uh, helped her? 50 years ago, I wouldn't have, but she got, there was a picture on the 6th of, of January in the, uh, in the tel uh, Daily Telegraph on a Saturday, and she saw that picture. She sent a message, an uh, email to the museum if uh, I would contact her and I contact her and we met and that was an amazing an amazing meeting I have never seen an uh, elegant pretty woman how, how tall and so a shame what happened she's kept on she sent me a beautiful card and she says even though it was not my fault I was not born I feel ashamed and I have no words as you say to explain how and why it happened. How people become like this and follow a madman. How intelligent, educated professionals, doctors, lawyers, dentists, scientists, follow a man like Adolf Hitler. How is it possible? And I can tell you now that Germany will have this burden for the rest of the existence of the world. You don't do that. There is no excuse. You cannot take a life and then give somebody else a life. It's not possible. That's what I want to bring to this society here where I live. And you asked me also how. First of all, it is your moral. If you lose your moral, you're bad, you're dead. Your moral has to continue strive for better. You have a wonderful life. I see my food in front of me and I am happy. My wife is a wonderful cook. This is the most important in life. That is eat quality, not quantity. Eat fresh food. 
fruit and vegetables and all this. And then it is your attitude. As I appreciate every little thing, the flowers, the sunshine, your beautiful beaches. When I walk there, I say how lucky I am. I am here. And this gives me the best medicine. My doctor said what you give yourself, no one can give to you. Satisfied with what you have. I don't care what my neighbor has. I don't know the trouble he has. Maybe he has more money, but that doesn't matter. My car is a car, a tool to take me from one end from A to B. I don't care if the other one drives a Daimler or a Rolls Royce. This is nothing important in life. In life is important your health, your surrounding, your family. You must naturally strive to have a nice house or whatever you can have. And it hasn't got to be a castle. We're not born with castles. Our ancestors probably lived in little caves or something. So you ask me, that is the most important. I enjoy to go with my friend or somebody for have a coffee and a cake. You know, I enjoy that. <laughs> and this satisfaction is like medicine. This is why I'm glad, thanks God, I look good, I feel good, I walk fast. <laughs> now when the people ask me, why do you walk so fast? I say, when you're 95, you don't know how long you have. <laughs> so, <laughs> you see, and this is what is, is life all about. It's not the big things. The big things you cannot change. It's the little things who make you happy. Me, at least. And yeah. I think anybody who takes this mentality and attitude, we look good, we feel good. We can beat sometimes some cancer and some horrible things because they are terrible. And I wish to know when. But I, what I want to say to people is to care. You see, when I, we had a seminar in the museum a few weeks ago, and there were four scientists from Germany. And I wanted them, I interviewed them, and I agree with them. They told me half the German people in every city were Nazis. They followed a madman, and half didn't care. This is the people who brought this onto Germany, the ones who didn't care. Because once you become a convinced Nazi, then you do what they, what they want you to do. Mm. But the other people who didn't care, they didn't care about nothing. That is the trouble. Mm. And here also, when you see somebody on the street falling, you have to help and things like that. Don't say it's not my business. This is our business. A country is only as good as its people. Yes. Mr. Abbott is a manager, but we are the people. The yeah. people is Australia. And it's all up to, if everyone takes care, I can assure you, we all will go wonderful. We'll have a wonderful world. We have a wonderful country. And we have a wonderful relationship. But because we don't care, we want everything for ourselves. It's egoists. You see, I say, my wife is Greek. And she's hot-blooded. Sometimes she shouts. <laughs> I don't answer because any ambassador can go and answer. Only the smart one don't answer. And then she's sorry. Why did she shout? And things like that. 
And I teach that my parents, my family, my children, my daughter-in-law say, with your son, I can never have an argument because he doesn't answer. He doesn't want to argue because we don't. If you shout, that means you're not ready to argue. Argue is discussing. And at the end, we shake hands, we're still friends. This is my problem, maybe, but this is my advice as well. Okay, we'll leave it there on part one of this interview with Eddie Jaku. Remember, folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can provide in any number of ways. The best is to go to our website at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Also, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. That is all letters. Remember, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check us out at thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.